Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's find in our Bible the book of Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We uh, started talking, uh, I don't know when it was, but we started talking about victory over temptation. And then on Sunday morning, we started talking about steps to victory over temptation. And we got through one of them on Sunday morning, and that was prayer is a step to victory over temptation. Because prayer brings out the willingness that's in your spirit to obey God. It brings it out in the flesh where you can use it. Amen. And so there's, there's three more of these I want to get to. We'll see if we can get to them tonight. Um, and let's go to Psalm 119. And the second one that I want to talk about is you have to fill yourself with God's Word. Everybody say, fill yourself with God's Word. Now, Psalm 119 and verse 9 it says, wherewithal or how shall a young man, or, you know, if you're an older man now, this is the same thing, cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word. <laughs> now, in the Greek, the word taking heed, it also means to hedge about. Or you hedge yourself about with the word of God. Hallelujah. That's a great hedge. Amen. Verse 11, he says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, it really is important what we're putting inside of us. Yes. Amen? Yeah. You know, in the computer uh, world, they used to say this, they may still, they used to say garbage in, what? garbage out. What does that mean? If you put the wrong stuff in your computer, don't expect the right stuff to come out. It's not going to happen because you're programming it. You know, in, in that world, they say it like this, the garbage in, garbage out. It means that the quality of the output is determined by the quality of the input. That's all they're saying. Uh, it's, this is originated or attributed to a guy from IBM, a programmer, who came up with the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Well, how I many you know, same thing's true with our life. Garbage in, garbage out. Now, I, you know, Sometimes you don't have time to preach people a, a sermon. Sometimes there's just different circumstances. But I've had people come to me, and, and, uh, and, and, and I've had people bring people to me and say, you know, they're having problems with their mind. Will you pray for them? Well, I do know that God's anointing can deliver people if it's demonic oppression. I understand that. And it will. But if it's a case of garbage in, laying on hands is not going to get the garbage out of your mind. You're going to have to get it out yourself. Amen? You know, I was, <laughs> we're all adults here, so I can talk about this. But, um, you know, I was praying in a prayer line 
uh, at another church one time, and I was going down the line praying for people. And when I got to this one guy, he said to me, he said this to me, he said, I have a problem with lust. Now, lust, you know, we've defined it as, you know, problem with, with sexual issues. You know, lust, of course, the Bible lust just means that you, you lust for a lot of things. Yeah. But that's what he meant, you know, this, I've got problems with sexual lust. And he was, you know, a guy probably in his, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s or somewhere in that, you know. And so as I got ready to lay hands on him, I heard this from the Holy Ghost, pornography. So I said, are you looking at pornography? He said, yes, I am. I said, well, it's, you know, I'll pray for you here, but you got to stop that. Because you put garbage in, right? Garbage out. See, that is one of the things why people say, well, it doesn't matter what I do. It's none of your business. No, we have to live with you. Amen. Now, if you want to leave the earth and go live on Mars, then do what you want. But the rest of us have to live with you, right? And we see so many insane things going on right now in the United States. I mean, it's just crazy some of the things that you see on the news nowadays. Like, how did we get this crazy? It's because garbage is in and garbage is coming out. Amen. You know, and then, and, you know, Hollywood and politicians and the government want to tell us, no, you know, you know, school shootings aren't, aren't the, uh, res, you know, they're not the result of, uh, you know, kids watching violence and stuff like that and things like that. Well, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. You know what I'm saying? I know that not all kids are going to go out and do that, but it, it, some, people, some kids, it, it, it manifests on the outside. Amen. So we can't tell the truth, so we have to blame it on guns. Anybody? Are there any hunters in here? Anna. Hallelujah. <laughs> Anna's the only one, right? Martin? Martin? Does your gun ever just go out and get a deer for you? You come home and, hey, look what my gun got for me. Now, somebody has to shoot the thing, right? So you want sane people behind the gun, right? So it does matter what people put in them, and it is our business in some ways because we have to live with you in society. And if you're going to feed on trash and we have to live with you and it manifests on the outside, then it is, it is our business. Amen. So garbage in, garbage out. But how I many know if we put the word in, guess what comes out? Guess what comes out? The word in, the word out. When the devil came to Jesus, you know, with temptation, you know what did Jesus, what came out of Jesus? The word. It is written. How I many know he didn't have to go, now wait a minute, devil, let me go find that Bible passage somewhere. Let me call my pastor and see where that's at. Right? He didn't have to do that, right? He had it in there, didn't he? He said, it is written. It is written. It is said. It, he said what did he do? He took that word that was inside of him and he defeated temptation with it. Amen. 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 See, the Bible talks about washing of the water of the word. How we wash ourselves with the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I was preaching to the pastors in Uganda and I was preaching about that. I was preaching on that scripture 
You know, when we're talking about being faithful ministers, we're talking about being faithful ministers of the Word of God. That's what I was talking to him about, being faithful ministers of the Word. And, uh, you know, I, I, I said to them this, and I, I really like this, not because I said it, but because it's powerful. I really like this, that God has, us preachers, God has so uh, blessed us and so entrusted us that we're part of the process of the washing of the water of the Word of God. And I talk about how big a responsibility that is, how big of an honor it is, but how big a responsibility it is that the book of Revelation said, if you add to it or you take away from it, you are in trouble. That's right. Amen? And so I thought we have got a really, really high honor here from God, but we also have a really, really high responsibility. That's why James said, hey, don't let, don't let many of you try to teach because you're going to get a stricter judgment. You better make sure you're called to that before you go try and do that, or you mess people's lives up. Right. Yeah. Amen. Thank God for the Word of God. Amen. Good in, good out. Garbage in, garbage out. Phyllis could always tell when I was overdosing on the news. She'd say, you've been watching too much news. Why? Because i got a fighting spirit on me. I want to go just whip somebody that doesn't believe like I believe, you know. Am I the only one that really gets irritated by how ignorant people are today? Am I the only? I'm the only one. No, okay. I mean, too much of that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't be informed. You need to know what's going on in, in some ways, in some ways. Not too much, but some ways. Uh, but the thing of it is, if you get too much of it, guess what? It starts to affect you. It starts to come out of you. Amen. And as believers, you know what? We're, we're called to be Christ-like. Amen? We're called to be Christ-like. Amen. We speak the truth, but we speak it in love. Amen. We, we, and it's so easy to get caught up in character assassination, you know what I'm saying? And you got to watch that because, God, because the Bible tells us don't speak evil of dignitaries. You ever read that in your Bible? It's more than one place. It's in Peter. It's in Jude. It tells us, watch your mouth talking about, you know, amen. You got to watch it. You can't get, you, you can cross a line, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, Jesus, he called people out. Don't misunderstand me. But there's time to call it out. He, he called Herod a fox. He said, you go tell that fox. Amen. You know, and he had his problems with political parties. The Herodians were a political party. That's what they were. And he, 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 he dealt with them. He didn't talk nice about them. Hallelujah. And I have to watch because there's a political party I don't talk too nice about. You figure out which one it is. But it's not because it's not because necessarily, you know, it's not because of the party. It's because of the beliefs. Amen. So we have to make sure that we're doing what Jesus said and being sanctified by the truth. God's word is truth. It'll sanctify us. It'll set us apart. But we have to fill ourselves with it. See, we have to put it in our life. Amen. If you don't know where your Bible's at, you are a prime target for the devil. You say, well, I, you know, I saw it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you are a prime target for the devil. Amen. You know, I love what I love what the Bible says when we, I, I don't know if it's Matthew records this or it's Luke records this. But, but it's when the devil came to Jesus and Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And it, it says the devil 
left him. In the King James, it says the devil left him for a season. But when you study that out, and I think New King James brings us out, when you study that season out, what it means is it's a more opportune time. I don't think you ever got it, do you? I said, do you? I don't think you ever caught Jesus, you know, like a lounge lizard, just lounging around. I think every time he came to him, Jesus had that word in him. And, you know, he knew it. He knew it. You know, the Bible said he, he said he, he left for well, season. He left for a more opportune time. He's I'm not going to get him today. He's too full of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the way we should be. Right. When the devil comes, we should be so full of the word that he says, well, I, I'll come back later. Yeah. Hallelujah. And there's never a later for him. Hallelujah. Look at the book of Romans chapter 5. Whew, I like that. Romans chapter 5. See, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. I've taught you on this before, so you, you do if you remember. It's your mind that's making your decisions in life. Right? See, if it, that's why the Bible tells us to, to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, the transformation comes when your mind is renewed. Now, I thought the transformation came when you get born again. It does inside your spirit. But we're talking about the life you're living right now in the natural. The way that's transformed is by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you got to get your mind on side with your spirit. Your spirit's been born again. Because your flesh, if, if your flesh was making your decisions, you'd always make the wrong one. It always, well, maybe not always, but most time it wants the wrong stuff. Isn't that right? If, if, you were, if, you were, if your born-again spirit was making the decision, you would always make the right decision. Amen. But how many know sometimes we make wrong decisions? And sometimes we make right decisions. What's the difference? It's the mind has to be renewed so it sides in with the right one. Amen. Now, Paul said this in Romans chapter 5. No, excuse me, chapter 8. Did you find that? Romans 8, look at verse 5. He says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, have your mind just on carnal things, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, now listen to this, this is, this is really important. The carnal mind is enmity against God. In other words, the mind is not full of the Word, it's it's, it's at warfare against God. Isn't it? Think about all the, un, think, think about all the carnal minded people in the world. If they just, you know, you think, if you just follow the word, you'd have a lot better life. But see, notice he says, the carnal mind, it's, it's enmity against God. For, now listen to this now. For it's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So your unrenewed mind is never going to... If you have an unrenewed mind, it's never going to side with God's word. It's always going to side against God. What does that mean? You have to fill your mind with the word. Or your mind's going to be making the wrong decisions. Isn't that right? You know, your mind has to, if it's left alone, even though you're born again, your mind will be carnal. You have to renew it. You have to fill it with the Word. You have to fill yourself with the Word. Hallelujah. 
isn't there an easier way? There's no other way, friend. Listen, listen, you have to listen. The Bible talks about working out your salvation. Right? It doesn't say work for your salvation. You can't work for your salvation. It's a free gift. You receive it. But once you're saved, what you have, you work it out in your life. Amen. You don't just, you don't just walk in all the fullness of your inheritance immediately. You have to grow into it. You have to, work, you have to walk into it. Now, it's all yours, right? It was just like Paul said in Galatians 4. He said a, a child, as long as he's a child, is no different than a servant. He's the heir of everything, but he's no different than a servant. He might as well be a servant because he can't have it yet. He has to grow to a place of maturity to get the inheritance, see? Right? See, you don't give, you, you know, uh, well, I had someone one time, they had a daughter, young daughter, and um, they had, you know, some money, decent amount of money. And they asked me, they said, would you like be the overseer of our estate? And, you know, I said, we talked about it. And I said, well, you know, and it was, it was a, a, you know, a, a family member. So it wasn't like somebody off the street or I'd said, you know, I'm not going to do that for you. I, I don't know, you know. I shouldn't be doing that. You should have somebody related to you do that. But so they asked me and I said, yeah, I'll do that. In other words, what they were saying to me was that we don't want her to have the, if we, something happened to us, we don't want her to have the inheritance until she's at least 18. You know, uh, amen. Why? Because, you know, the 14 year old doesn't really need that yet. And I've met 50 year olds that didn't need it. Right. So it's not really necessarily a matter of years, it's a matter of maturity, but it does take some years to mature and think right. Amen. Amen. You know, I've met mature t- teenagers that were more mature than older people, but years should help. With, with, with gray hair, the Bible says, there should be some wisdom. Amen. And so life, like Brother Hagin used to say, you know, you, you know, after a while, you just, you, you know, you just stumble over things. You, you, you're bound to learn something. Well, that's the truth, right? You know, you live long enough, you learn some things. Amen. And uh, so the mind is making the decisions, and so you have to fill yourself with the Word. If you don't do that, then what's going to happen is your mind's going to side in with the flesh every time. That's why we have to fill ourselves with the Word. Amen? Let's go to, uh, that's number two. Now, let's go to number three, and let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Go there, Old Testament, book of Daniel, chapter 1. This is important, too. Daniel, chapter 1. Daniel's right after uh, the book of Ezekiel. Daniel, chapter 1. The third thing, that you know, key to victories. We're talking about key to victories over temptation. Number one was prayer. Number two is fill yourself with God's Word. Number three is you have to set your will in God. And I'll talk about that a little bit, what we're talking about. You have to set your will in God. How many know you got a will? How many know some of your kids have stronger wills than other ones? Isn't that right? You know, we had six grandkids. Some of them had stronger wills than other ones did. And, uh, you know, uh, some of them were more bossy than other ones were. Some of them were more pliable than other ones were. You know, some of them were easy to work with. Some of them it took a, a little bit of skill to work with them and to get them to understand you're going to do it this way or else. You know, how many know it's that way with kids, right? Amen. Is that right? Amen. 
And how many know as we get older, it's still that way if we don't watch it. But we have to be pliable in the hands of God. We used to sing songs like, I surrender all. We quit that because, yeah. It's kind of like what Dr. Barclay said, you know, that song, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He told his church, quit singing that because some of you aren't. (laughs) Ain't no need to lie during praise and worship, right? Come on, you got to watch it, right? How many know God knows you, right? The Lord asked me one time, this is many years ago, before this church was ever even started, before I was ever pastoring, I was traveling, and Phyllis and I were going to a meeting somewhere I was going to preach, and the Lord spoke to me on the way up there. He said, are you, are you totally surrendered? I thought, I better watch my mouth here because he knows. Right? And so the best thing is that I'm working on it, Lord. And he says, work a little harder. Amen. It's like one brother said, he, he missed God, you know, and he really felt bad about it. And he said, I began telling the Lord, Lord, I promise you I'll never do that again. He said, the Lord spoke back, said, now don't go to lying about it. <laughs> Your heart might be right, but amen. Come on. That, that should be our attitude, right? I'm never going to do this again. But, you know, God knows, knows us, right? Sometimes we haven't totally overcome it yet. Amen. amen. <laughs> Daniel, go there. Verse 8, it says, but Daniel, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I want you to notice Daniel here, he purposed in his heart he was not going to defile himself. He purposed this. Well, see, what's this about? Well, the king's eating all kinds of things that Daniel, as a Jewish young man would not eat because of the law. Right? You know, they, did, they didn't eat pork. How many know that? Thank God for the New Testament. <laughs> Hallelujah. Them ribs are calling my name. I told Phil, said, only Americans could, could serve ham on an Orthodox Jew's resurrection. Some of you didn't get that. Easter ham. We're celebrating an Orthodox Jew that rose from the dead, so we're going to serve pig. (laughs) It had to be an American think of that. But anyway, thank God, you know, that, uh, you know, some people think we're still under those Old Testament laws, but Paul said, Paul said in Romans 14, very plainly, we're not. Amen. Amen. You can eat pork now. I didn't say you had to. I said you can. Thank God you can eat catfish. Thank God you can eat seafood, you know, like shrimp, crab, crawfish, lobster. You're not all getting excited as I am. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad. Now, now, maybe you believe you can't, but you're just because you have a weak. The Bible says because you're weak in the faith. That's what Romans said. And so we're supposed to put up with you. So we love you. God bless you. But the Bible plainly tells in Romans 14, and even Peter's vision says he saw all manner of unclean things, and the voice from God said, rise, kill, and eat. Peter said, man, I've never eaten anything common. Nothing like that's ever come in my mouth. And God said, don't you call common what I've cleansed. The blood of Jesus cleansed it all. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm not saying there may be some things that aren't as good for you, 
but just be moderate about it, right? Amen. So thank God. I like seafood. Amen. Praise God. I like catfish if it's done right. Amen. Now, <laughs> back to the sermon. <laughs> now, he purposed in himself. In other words, listen, here's something you got to be. You, you got to get. Don't be weak-willed. The human will, listen to this, the human will has great God-given power for good. Did you get that? Listen now. Reason has a quiet voice during times of temptation. In other words, when the pressure's on, the reasons you shouldn't be doing that can grow quiet in your head. That is why you already have to have your will set in God what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. So that when that comes, there's no debate. If you, if you, if you step... See, I say it like this. This is for younger people. Older people don't do this. But, you know, I was younger once and, and now, you know, I'm old. But I was younger once. But you don't wait until you're in the back seat of the 57 Chevy. Some of you old enough to know that song. Okay. You don't wait till you're in the back seat of the 57 Chevy all heated up to make the decision. It's probably too late. Y'all follow that? You have to make the, you have to have your will set in God. I'm not getting in the back seat. And if you're too dumb to know what goes on in the back seat of a 57 Chevy, then forget the whole message. But, but, but if you wait till you get there, it's probably too late because reason has a real quiet voice during those strong times of temptation. Matter of fact, it'll tell you how you can do it and get away with it and fix it later. Yeah, it will. You have to have your will already set. This is my boundaries. Amen? I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Right? Which is why parents have to set boundaries on teenagers. They don't like it, but you have, they have to have boundaries because they're not, they're not there yet. Amen? You know what I'm saying? See, our modern society is, well, you just let them be themselves. <laughs> no, you train up a child in the way they should go. Yeah, you let them be their personality. I mean, sometimes you have to straighten their personality out, but it's warped. The Bible says foolishness is abound in the heart of a child. You've got to drive it out of them. Right? See, that's what, that's what the Word says. So, yeah, you know, they're going to be their own individual person and so forth, and have their own personality, but it has to be sanctified and in line and in boundaries of the Word. Amen. Come on, y'all get what I'm talking about? I'm talking about having your will set in God. You ought to have your mind made up. There's certain things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to do this. My will is set. How many know Joseph had his will set? Look at Genesis chapter 39. Come, we've got some time here. Let me spend it on, on some of these scriptures. Let's go to Genesis chapter 39. Reason. Now listen, this is real important. Reason has a quiet voice during times of temptation. So you already have to have your will set on what you're going to do, what you're going to allow, what you're not going to allow. Right? See. 
You can't trust your flesh. Well, that was quiet. But you can't trust your flesh. Don't, don't put any confidence. Paul said, I have no confidence in the flesh. You can't give it any, you know what I'm saying? You can't give it any leeway or license. You have to, you have to, be, you have to discipline it. Paul said, if I don't discipline my body, I'll be disqualified. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That's New Testament, folks. I'll be disqualified. I mean, you can do things. As a minister, I can do things to disqualify myself from the ministry. That's what the Bible tells me. I can do things that will disqualify me. Does it mean I'm disqualified for life? Not necessarily, but it could be. But I can definitely disqualify myself for a season, right? Right? See, what about these ministers that are getting into sin? And the, people, the church says, well, we still love them. Well, yeah, we still love them, but you can disqualify yourself at least for a season. Amen? You know what I'm saying? You can disqualify yourself. If you get in sexual sin, you're disqualified. You're disqualified. You steal the offerings, you're disqualified. Amen? So there's certain things that you could do to disqualify yourself. And that's what Paul was saying. I, I can disqualify. Well, you can disqualify yourself. And so you don't want to disqualify yourself. Amen. Now, uh, now look at this in verse uh, 7, Genesis 39. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife, Joseph's master's wife, cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. But he refused. And he said unto his master's wife, behold, my master knows not what is with me in the house, and he's committed all that uh, he has into my hand. There's none greater in this house than I, and neither hath he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness, now notice this, and sin against God? He considered it a sin against God. See? And it came to pass... That she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Now, he really should have taken his cell phone and, and, and recorded this. Because it would have saved him a lot of pain later on. Now, I thought about this. I thought, why didn't he just go to her husband and say something. And I thought, I know why he didn't go to her husband. Because he, the husband would have believed her rather than Joseph, because he did. So he, he thought about that. And he thought, I'm sure Joseph thought about that. And he thought, well, if I go tell him that, then she's going to tell him that's not true. And that he's, it's the opposite. He's been hitting on me. And Joseph knew that. But here's one thing he might have thought about. Taking somebody with him every time he went in the house. Right? See what I'm talking about? See, there's certain things you have to set and you have to, you have to be ahead of the devil on things. Isn't that right? You have to have your will set. This is not going to happen to me. You know, Billy Graham would not, when he traveled, all his travels, he would not enter a hotel room. You know, they'd get him a room to stay at in meetings. He would not go in that room first or by himself. Always his security team. Or somebody went in there with him. 
And one time they went in there, he walked in there, but thank God his team was with him, at least somebody was, and a naked lady jumps out of the closet with a photographer. You don't think the world and the devil are that nasty? They're worse than that. And, and listen, they, they just wanted to catch him and try to get a photo. Could you imagine what that would have done? You know what the world is. They're not going to believe a preacher. They're going to believe, you know, right? And so, you know, that's why you have to have some little wisdom as a minister or anybody that you're traveling. You've got to have some smarts about you. Amen. And, you know, people say, well, it's over the top. No, the devil's over the top. You better be a notch above him. Amen. And you're thinking, thinking ahead. Amen. And, it, you know, as it progresses, unfortunately, it, it get, it's going to get worse and worse with the, the, you know, the devil trying to take preachers out. Now, notice this. <clears throat> it came to pass, verse 11, about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and he fled and got him out. How I many of Joseph had his will set? I'm not going to do this. Right? He, he didn't wait till the temptation came and then said, Well, what am I going to do here? He already, before he faced it, had his will set. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run. Hallelujah. You have to learn to disobey Satan instead of God. Let me say it again. You've got to learn to disobey Satan instead of God. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Go to Deuteronomy 30. I want to look at another scripture on this. Is this all right? Yes. All right, Deuteronomy 30, go there. We're just talking about, you know, having your will set. Already have it set. I'm not doing this. I'm not, it's not happening. Amen. I had to do that when I got saved. I, I had my will set. I got my will set. I'm not drinking past Blue Ribbon any longer. I'm not drinking Bacardi's and Coke any longer. You understand? I'm not drinking these things any longer. I have my will set. My will is still set. I don't care how many preachers come along and say it's okay to drink a little. No, thank you. My will's set. I got in trouble with that. I'm not giving it a, I'm not giving it a chance. Do what you want. I'm not giving it a chance. That's not happening. Amen. I made up my mind. I'm not doing any drugs any longer. I'm not giving it a chance. I'm not giving it an opportunity. Oh, come on. A little marijuana will hurt you. It's good for you, man. It'll, it'll ease your joint pain. <laughs> no, them joints will give you some pain. Let me just tell you a little bit. All right, let me just tell you a little bit. See, I, I already know more than the government does about this. Not that the government doesn't smoke it, but... I already know. I started at 13 years old smoking marijuana. 13 years old. First time. I went on from that to harder drugs, to LSD, to angel dust, all those drugs. It all began at 13 years old when I took my first, when I started smoking marijuana. I started drinking at 15 years old. How do you get alcohol at 15 years old? I'm not going to tell you because... No kids need to hear this. But there were ways. Absolutely, not a problem. Get it every weekend. Now, I started 15 years old. I know what it did to my life. People could say what they want to say. Hey, you can't tell them. I don't mean this arrogant, but I already know what it does. It gets you in trouble. 
I left a party one night, drinking. Friend of mine, he left, I, I, he left, I think, right after me. He, good friend of mine, he left. He'd been drinking, and he ran through a four-way stop, or actually he ran through a stop sign, hit a, a Jeep in the side, killed the husband and wife. He hadn't been drinking, that wouldn't happen. I went and visited him in jail. I remember going and seeing him in jail. It messed his life up. Now, of course, he's out of trouble now. He's out of jail now and all that. But you know what? It ain't out of his mind. I said, it's not, pardon my English, but it's not out of his mind. And it's probably not still tormenting him because he was a good person. There wasn't any, he wasn't a bad person. He just made a dumb decision. Amen. Is this good preaching? <laughs> Real heavy tonight for Wednesday night. Amen. All right, let's, but this is, a, this is a pretty serious uh, uh, subject we're talking about. Go to Deuteronomy 30. Amen? Amen? All right, verse 19. The Bible says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your seed may live. Think about this. When temptation comes, we have a choice to make. We can either choose life or death. Why choose death because of your emotions? Amen. I, I remember a guy he used to come and want me to pray for him. Now, th this is not condemnation, but I'm just talking about how if you don't fill yourself with the Word, your emotions will take over your life. Your feelings and your desires will take over your life. But, and Phyllis remembers, I used to go pray for this guy. He lived here in town. And I, and I knew him from years ago. We, you know, we went to high school together. You know what I'm saying? He played on the football team and all. I knew him. And he smoked all the time. You know, he, he was a heavy smoker. And he got that COPD. COPD. And so he's on oxygen now. You know what I'm saying? He's on oxygen. Okay? Now, all right, I lead him to the Lord. He gives his life to Jesus Christ. But he's still bound by this, you know. Uh, he, he, you know, and he's still, I'm going over to pray for him. And he's on oxygen and smoking a cigarette. Now, I heard that it can blow up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm like wanting to pray one of these long extended prayers in Jesus' name. Uh, let me pray for you from out on the sidewalk. I don't, I don't want us all blowing up together. Now, he got so bad that eventually he had to have, I didn't know they could do this, but somebody told me it happened to him because I hadn't heard from him in quite a while. He had to have a lung, lung transplant. Can they do that? They can? But, but that's what somebody told me. I said, well, how's he doing? Because somebody knows him too. I said, well, how's he doing? I said, well, he got his lungs transplanted. But see, you know, I'm not knocking the guy, but I'm just saying, think about those choices, see. Those choices cost him all that problem. Because every time... It, <laughs> now listen, if you smoke, I'm not, I'm not on you, all right? But I'm just telling you, this is a reality. This is facts. You know what I'm saying? Come on, you can be a little bit more lively than this. I, I don't have a church full of smokers, do I? Right. I mean, I have seen some cigarette butts in the parking lot. I'm just hoping they're none of yours. But anyway, but you know what I'm saying? The guy, he, you know, he 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 got he he could have filled himself with the word and and made some right choices. But his choices, Amen. Cost him all that problem. See, I said before you, life and death, choose life. Don't choose that. That'll kill you. There's even a warning on the package. 
old preacher named B.B. King, he used to say it this way. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying what B.B. King said. Everybody say B.B. King. B.B. King said, that poor cigarette, fire on one end, fool on the other. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? That one right there? All right, that's number three. Number four, let's close. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, real simple. Look, now here's it. Here it is. Look for the exit. Look for the exit. One, prayer. Two, fill yourself with God's word. Three, set your will in God. Number four, look for the exit. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, look at the scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13, you there? It says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as common demand. In other words, the devil's not going to allow, the, God's not going to allow the devil, that is, to pull something out of his arsenal that you don't understand. Amen. But God is faithful. Notice these five things in this verse. There's no temptation of taking you, it's common, but it's common demand. In other words, you know about it. You know what will happen if you do it. You know the results. It's all there. But two, even when you're tempted, God is faithful to you in temptation. Who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. That's number three. He's not going to let you be tempted and you can't, you can't overcome it. Right? Now this Flip Wilson theology. Am I old enough member Flip? The devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. He can't. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape. So there's number four, that you may be able to bear it. So God's like, sure, you can bear it, whatever you're facing in temptation, right? But I wanted to talk about this. He'll make a way of escape. Have you ever... Do you, God always, let me say it this way, God always makes a way of escape every time temptation comes, a way to get out. You just got to take it. In other words, you have to look for the exit. Right? Why? Because there's an exit somewhere that you can take and get out of here. Bob talks about flee youthful lust. Right? Amen? You know, like if you're out, you're out somewhere... And the opposite sex hits on you. How I many? Oh, there's a way of escape. Start speaking in tongues real loud. There's a way to get out of it. It's like my, my, one of my granddaughters. We were walking together, and she said, "She said, she said I was taking a walk, and back where she lives, and she said this guy pulls up, and he says." Uh, hey, if I didn't have this trailer I'm hauling, I'd pull over there and, you know, talk to you. How, how about a phone number? She said, well, Grandpa, I tried to be nice. I said, no, you don't be nice. You say this, I'm giving you a phone number. I'm calling the police right now. You got to deal with it rough. Be nice with temptation. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to deal with these things. You have to, you have to look for the way. How many have ever been tempted? Did you know every time you're tempted, if you'll just look, there's a way to escape? Every time. 
We can't look for the way to stay and get away with it. We have to look for the way to escape. See, if those back sanctuary doors catch on fire and that's all in a blaze, exit. That's, it's probably better to go that way than to go that way. Right? I mean, if that's a, a flaming inferno back there, I'm going that way. Well, there's a way out. All I got to do is step outside that door, man. I'm out of there. I'll take you all with me. Don't worry about it. Make sure we all get out. But there's a way to escape. See, every time temptation comes, God has a way to escape. You got to look for the exit. Lord, where's the exit at? Most time you already know, right? You already know. <laughs> Phyllis said the candy aisle's open on both ends. Why do stores do that? And when we was a kid, we always had the, had the dime store, you know, and they always had candy in bins full of it. You could scoop it out. You know what I'm saying? And get what you want. And then you go to the store, all that stuff would be right there on your level. When I was four years old, I came out of the store, you know, and got in the car with mom, and I'm chewing a big wad of gum. Now, you know, how, how many know mothers know the financial statement of their four-year-olds? So she looks at me and realizes he doesn't have any money. Where did you get that at? She made me go back in there, march in there, tell what I did, and pay for it. That taught me a lesson. I haven't stole a stick of gum since. <laughs> Amen. Amen. A friend of mine in the ministry, he's old and older now, but when he was 15 years old, he decided to take mom's car. So he gets the key, she doesn't know it, takes off in her car. He said, when I came back home, he said, my street was lined with police. Mom called the cops on me. That's how quiet it is. <laughs> he said, when I, they got me out of the car, said she stepped out of the front door and said, take him to jail. I'll come and get him tomorrow. You know what he said? I haven't stolen the car since. Because he knew there's consequences. Right? That's the problem with America today. There's no consequences. And if you, and if you do make somebody have consequences, you're mean. We just need to turn a deaf ear to that in the church and realize there's consequences. Amen. And, 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 and remember that when temptation comes, there's consequences. Does God forgive? Yeah, He forgives, but it doesn't mean your life's not messed up. Right? Doesn't mean you haven't messed your life up for a while. You know, yeah, God forgives. Yeah, absolutely. But still, there's people that are, they, there's still people got battle scars, wounds on them to this day. And they've had them for years and years and years because of things they did in their youth. Amen. God forgave them, but you know, sometimes it messes you up. And you got you to gotta have some real deliverance and help. Amen. Is that right? You know, I mean, you know, you know, you know, sex, sex causes babies. 
It's amazing how stupid the world is. They don't even know who can have them. I mean, I, I, I learned that when I was 12. I learned where they came from, you know. What caught them? I thought, oh, gosh, who would want to do that? But anyway, I was, you know, I got a little older and I changed my mind on all that. But anyway, um, you know, but the thing of it is, you know, the world is like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, man, you know, abortion is not birth control. It's called murder. Birth control, you know, there's stuff you can take for birth control. If you need to, a cold shower. Right? But don't, don't confuse the issue at all. This is, this is, you sow the seed, you reap the harvest. Don't kill the harvest. Give it, give it. If you're not going to keep give give the harvest to somebody else. I mean, I, I, here, I got to close because now I'm, I'm starting to feel that fighting spirit come on me. But, you know, really, I think about it because when I see those stupid signs that say, it's my body. Yes, it's your body, but the one you want to kill is not yours. That's somebody else's. Amen. So let's just get this right. That isn't your body you're going to kill. Praise the Lord. All right. What are we talking about? Prayer. Fill yourself with the word. Set your will in God. Look for the exit. Real simple, but those will keep you out. Cause you have out of temptation, out of the grips of temptation. Won't keep you from having temptation but it'll cause you to have victory. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.